Hello, this is Gary Wells, and you are listening to The American Farewell. Episode 6, Who Will Speak for Me? The Problems with Representative Government. It is Saturday, the 2nd of July, 2022. On today's podcast, we will be following up from episode one, where we talked about the colonials' desire to get out from underneath a monarchy, and we will be focusing on the notion of representation within the government. Specifically, why have a representative government? Who should represent our interests? Did we ever achieve adequate representation? These are some of the questions we will try to answer here. If you want to get right down to it, the reason for having any government at all is to have a body of people who can fulfill two basic functions. To codify and enforce the laws which the community agrees to abide by, and to administer the work needed to achieve those things that the community at large needs. This includes common defense, regulation of commerce to ensure standard rates and fair practices, creation of public works, proper engagement with foreign states, etc. A government is not created to hold endless philosophical debates. That's what universities and taverns are for. A government is not created to mold formal religious practices or dogma. That is what a church or a temple or holy books are for. A government is not created to assign winners and losers in business. That is what the free market and the internet is for. A government is not created to promote specific individuals who crave attention. That is what the entertainment industry and community theater is for. And a government is not created so that people can pick sides on a social issue. That is what political parties and backyard barbecues are for. The government and the people who make up the government should be doing no more or no less than writing and enforcing laws, which are supposed to be for the common good, and administering the basic work needed to sustain the nation. Any government official that goes beyond that is using their office for advancement of personal goals and should be opposed. If needed, they should be removed. The question then becomes, which persons should make up the government? In the earliest forms of government, the initial ruler of a tribe or nation or kingdom was the strongest military leader, the old might-makes-right philosophy. Although they exercised supreme authority, such military leaders would typically appoint counselors to deal with more mundane aspects of governance, such as where to plant crops, how to access water, what form of bartering or money was allowed. As time went by, some societies became settled enough and secure enough that they did not need just one leader who could take up the sword at any time and lead soldiers into battle. As the role of government evolved with such societies, more thoughtful and entrenched leadership was sought. So the selection of government representation went from simply finding who the best warrior was to a system of hereditary progression, then to an agreement among certain entrenched interests who could elect a leader when a previous leader was removed, and finally to a scheduled voting system whereby the greater community could engage in the process of choosing the members of their government. Within the Kingdom of England, more opportunities to participate in the processes of governing were granted to the common populace with the creation of the original Parliament. 
This body had its quirks and was not a gathering of truly representative persons of the population at large, but it was more representative than what was there before. When the 18th century ruled around, the colonials were under the rule of Parliament of Great Britain. As we all know, the colonials did not have formal representation in the House of Commons or the House of Lords. The king had people who were supposed to speak for the colonials, but more often than not, they failed to do that. Because of this, when the colonials initiated independence and began to form their own government, Congress was established. As defined within Article 1 of the U.S. Constitution, the House of Representatives was to be elected by the people of the several states, who were eligible to vote for their own state legislatures. Of course, this still limited who was being represented based on who was allowed to vote within each state. People of African descent, indigenous people, and women were still excluded. But again, the degree to which the general public was participating in the decisions made by the representative government increased with this form of representation. A little twist within our Constitution was the initial formation of the Senate. This body was originally set up to represent within the federal government the interests of the several states. According to the Constitution, the various state legislatures would select the two U.S. senators for their state. This was a sort of compromise coming off of the failure of the Articles of Confederation, where the U.S. was intended to be more of a confederation of the independent states rather than a federal system whereby the states are under the federal government. Also, there was the belief that at that time that if senators were beholden to their specific state legislatures rather than to the public, then senators would be more insulated against the sweep of populism where some hysterical sentiment could push aside rational consideration of an issue. From the time of the ratification of the Constitution until the ratification of the 17th Amendment in 1913, senators were selected by state legislatures. During that time, this proved to be a grab bag of problems. Accusations of bribery, solicitation of gifts, deadlocked votes within various state legislatures on who their senators should be, and so on. All of these contributed to the desire to change this method of selecting senators. Furthermore, there was the accusation that senators were so far insulated from the public that they did not really concern themselves with the problems of the common man. As a result, the 17th Amendment turned the selection of senators from state legislatures to the same people who were voting for their congressmen. And it also put senators into the era of being affected by populism. Now, let's dig into what it means to represent. Obviously, it's supposed to mean that the person or persons entrusted with the office of a government official are supposed to act or vote in the way that most of their constituents would want them to vote on any given issue. In a true democracy, which the Greeks attempted, each citizen represented themselves. They were allowed to vote on every single issue that was brought before the assembled voters. This was a dumb idea. And no one does that anymore outside of a household where what should we have for dinner is the most common issue to be voted on. Since direct democracy is not a viable way of governing, everyone has moved on to representative forms of government. Standard representative bodies, such as the American model, rely on one person to represent a cluster of persons, usually based on geography. But within some assemblies, the representation is based also on demographics. 
Of course, then we run into the immediate problem of disagreement within the body being represented. You will never have 100% of any group of people agreeing 100% on every issue 100% of the time. This is inevitably where you will have friction within any body of people being governed. There's just no way to avoid that, unfortunately. As the Rolling Stones so sagely advised, you can't always get what you want. But laws still have to be made and enforced to accommodate the notion of a society, and the work of the community still needs to be done. So the government is expected to find solutions that reduce that friction as much as possible. That's the ideal anyway. True representation in this regard could be reached only when there is clear and honest communication between the elected person and the body they represent, and the representative suppresses their personal philosophies, philosophies or moral dictums. In a true representative body, each elected official would just cast a vote based on what they believe the majority of their constituents wanted. If an elected official were wrong, more often than not, in guessing what their constituents wanted, due to the lack of clear and honest communication, they would be voted out. Under circumstances where the will of the majority was in dispute, representatives were expected to be of such high intelligence and firm character that any decision they arrived at would be the best thing possible for the community as a whole, given the circumstances. And if this were true, that only the most intelligent and stable people were elected, then the public would recognize that the best outcome for all was the goal, and they would generally accept the rule of law that was established. Unfortunately, we never achieved that ideal of representation. From the beginning, the people attending the Constitutional Congress began lining up into ideological factions. There were the Federalists and the Anti-Federalists. Then we had the Jeffersonian Democratic Republicans and eventually the Whig Party. By the time we reached the mid-1800s, we were saddled with the two primary parties we know today, Republicans and Democrats. There have been some representatives who were independent along the way, but never enough of those to sway the machinery of the two major parties. And they are machines. From the so-called grassroots all the way up to the established leaders within the halls of Congress, there are methods and systems that push out people who are the least loyal to the party while promoting and retaining those who are most loyal to the party. In other words, representing the community honestly and fairly was second to being loyal to an ideological template set up by those in power. So, how do good people who wish to represent the community and serve the public get elected within this system? Well, they can create talking points of what they believe are important, talk with and listen to as many votes as possible to see how these points resonate within the community, and then they can raise money from among those eligible to vote for them to reach more voters and encourage people to vote. Or, they can sign up to be part of the partisan party system where moneyed interests are brought to them. They are given talking points. Entrenched party loyalists rev up their regular voters who are known to always vote and allow associated PACs with unknown sources of revenue to smear the other candidates and tear them down. For the most part, 
It is the second method which has gotten more people elected. We are never going to have true representation in this country. Never. Our country was formed when elite white men with moneyed interests decided that they wanted their own government. Persons of color could not vote. Indigenous persons could not vote. Women could not vote. The immigrants who arrived just after the revolution could not vote. The entrenched white men and those who proved to be loyal to those people run everything. These are the people who control the media and tell you what to think. These are the people who control the churches and tell you how to believe. These are the people who control the market and tell you what to buy. These are the people who control the military and tell you who to be afraid of. Just like in ancient times, the people who have the most controlling interest in these four quarters are the ones who get represented by the government. The revolution did not change that. It codified it within the Constitution, according to who can vote. If you want everyone to have an equal voice in how the community is represented, we have to start over. And we have to do it over the objections of the people who have held power since the beginning and their supporters. These are the same people who have all the power now. Good luck with that, and have a happy 4th of July. You have been listening to The American Farewell with Gary Wells. Until next time, keep dreaming, America.